Welcome to Regal's RightCast, where we share all things LIDAR. I'm Miranda Welke, Marketing Events Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LIDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters, located in Central Florida, and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The Regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides, or request more information or a call from a Regal specialist. In today's RICAST, we are joined by Michael Sitar, Executive Management Consultant for Regal USA, as he sits down with Ryan Lynch, Regional Flight Operations Manager for Quantum Spatial, an NV5 company. Listen in to hear Michael and Ryan discuss corridor surveying and learn about Quantum's new comprehensive low altitude sensor solution. I hope you enjoy. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to RiCast, Regal's podcast platform for geospatial topics and technologies, with a special emphasis on LIDAR and imaging solutions for survey applications. My name is Michael Sitar, and I will be your host for this installment of RiCast. The topic we'll be exploring today with our guests, Mr. Ryan Lynch of Quantum Spatial, an NV5 company, is corridor surveying in Quantum Spatial's latest class act. NV5 is a global provider of engineering and consulting services to public and private sector clients, delivering solutions through six business verticals, testing, inspection and consulting, infrastructure, utility services, environmental health sciences, buildings and program management, and geospatial technology. In 2019, NV5 acquired Quantum Spatial, a geospatial pioneer pushing the boundaries of data and analytics to deliver actionable intelligence that transform the way their clients utilize and value spatial data in a number of market verticals, including wide area topographic mapping, coastal and inland bathymetry and corridor mapping. Quantum Spatial now leads NV5's geospatial technology business vertical. Ryan first joined Quantum in 2011 as a field technician and sensor operator. Since 2013, he has been managing Quantum's commercial data acquisition team and is responsible for the development and deployment of data collection systems that meet the dynamic needs of Quantum's many clients. He has done so by integrating various remote sensing technologies and revising Quantum's approach to both fixed-wing and helicopter-based sensor platforms as technology evolves. Over the years, serving as operations manager, Ryan has overseen the collection of over 500,000 miles of transmission lines and over 20,000 square miles for the energy sector. Also during this time, Ryan's responsibilities have included operational safety initiatives, working closely with other operations managers for the public business units for resourcing and personnel management, helping grow a list of primary data acquisition partner firms, and engaging with all of NV5's existing and prospective clients. Ryan, welcome. Hey, Mike. Thanks uh, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Yes, I'm very excited to secure about 30 minutes of your time today. Before we get into the corridor mapping and Quantum's unique solution, however, can you tell me a bit about your recent acquisition summit? I believe it was the fifth or sixth annual event, and how did it come about, and what can participants expect to hear? 
Uh, that's correct, Mike. This was actually our fifth acquisition summit. Uh, this year's event was held virtually uh, with over 130 partners, vendors, and NV5 staff. Uh, we continue to build on sort of the success of this now annual event and offer a chance for our acquisition partners to come together, exchange ideas for continuous improvement, as well as hear more about the things NV5 are working on behind the scenes. And we really like to engage with our partners uh, during these events to really have them tell us what we can do better as a partner working with them. It's also been a great venue for sensor manufacturers to highlight and showcase all of the latest and greatest technology that they're putting together. Despite having you know this year's meeting virtually, uh, we received a lot of great feedback from our partners uh, that participated. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic way. We really have a, a small community. It, it's great to see that interaction and that leadership from, from Quantum Spatial in terms of bringing all their partners together. Uh, I mean, I certainly learned a lot, and I know the participants certainly have as well. The corridor industry, this is a big topic. All the industry reports suggest that this industry has a compound annual growth rate of over 20%. Tell me, how does Quantum specifically fit into this market vertical? And what value does Quantum bring to the table? It's a great topic. You know, we're grateful. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a really privileged position to engage with numerous utility and oil and gas customers, uh, listen to their needs and offer suggestions, you know, and put together proposals for them. Our, our routine focus is on vegetation mapping for risk analysis, geohazard detection, transmission line siting for new builds, uh, and, you know, PLS CAD engineering models. We're lucky to have a, a really great team of developers project managers, analysts, and other support staff that uh, can develop and also consume, you know, large volumes of data that we collect and uh, so make the magic, so to speak. Interesting. Uh, on top of that, you know, we have our in-house solutions, a large field staff, but we, you know, we have to rely on our trusted partner network to meet our commitments uh, year over year. So Quantum has developed a new remote sensing platform that's specific to the corridor mapping space called CLASS, where CLASS is an acronym for Comprehensive Low Altitude Sensor Solution. This sounds really exciting. Can you provide us some background and development objectives for the CLASS system? What is it and what problem or problems does it solve? Yeah, CLASS, that's a good one. So I'm thinking back here, it was a few years, probably 2017 going into 18. Uh, we'd focused um, most of our attention on upgrading our fixed wing sensor fleet, you know, for very good reason. Late 2018, we were at a point where we had to recommit ourselves to having the latest and greatest uh, transmission kind of corridor based technology package that we could have. So it was really quite simple on the design requirements. We'd been in the space for quite some time. And although our current solution was somewhat lacking compared to uh, where we were headed, you know, we kind of knew the nuts and bolts of what we were looking for. So the single pass solution is uh, a term that gets thrown around quite a lot. It's kind of a difficult road uh, to hoe, so to speak, with, with savvy customers. You know, we kind of set that aside. We went about creating the class not as a single pass solution, but as a sort of a single deployment solution, meaning we never want to prescribe a tool for a job before knowing what the job actually is. So rather than uh, the class designed specifically as an assemblage of tools, which could sometimes, you know, be used all at once if the specifications of a project uh, were geared towards that. Uh, the class is essentially tailor-made to maximize coll collection efficiency and quality-based um, deliverables on all projects. So the class system, Ryan, if I understand correctly, consists of a number of camera systems and some LiDAR systems. 
Two of the, the LiDAR systems that are on board are our VUX 1LR uh, scanning sensors. Why two sensors? What advantage does two have over one? That's a good question. I mean, similar to the design geometry, uh, like you guys have the crossfire scan pattern with the 1560i and i. Having both a forward and rear looking scan eliminates shadowing. It offers great results for small feature detection on vertical structures such as transmission and distribution uh, towers and crossing lines. It's really important for getting those attachment points that engineers need to produce valuable data from those scans. And, you know, each scanner in the class system is also rotated slightly for even more resolution on small features uh, directly at Nader, as we're typically flying directly above the transmission line structure or the corridor. Understood. More recently, you've developed a second version of the class system, but this time using two of our VUX 240 sensors. Unlike the VUX 1LR scanners in the Class 1 system, this sensor has a downlook field of view of 100 degrees, which, uh, as you know, enables four scan lines for each scanner rotation versus only the one for the VUX 1LR. Uh, the point density is certainly much higher in this configuration. Can you explain why the change to the faster scanning sensors? What was the rationale to develop the Class 2 system? Yeah, so we, you know, we had such a, a great response and experience really with the class 1.0 as we called it now you know we moved into 2020 with the real strong demand and, and need to actually produce another one of these systems so at that time um, regal had the availability with the vux 240 which we were super excited about um, and what we you know what we had seen on paper and through right parameter gui you know we were kind of chomping at the bit to to make class 2.0 happen with the vux 240 we would have been completely happy to duplicate the 1.0 uh, 1lr solution we would have made probably a few tweaks uh, to some of the cabin uh, peripherals. But the dual 240 approach allowed us to collect from a higher altitude, given the, the power, increased power from the scanners. Um, that has a kind of twofold effect, really, or maybe even more. The benefit of increased row width, uh, we capture upwards of 800 feet in a single pass um, versus you know the, cl the class 1.0, which is a little slimmer than that. But being able to fly higher in the wire environment is extremely important from safety, uh, from a safety standpoint. You know, we were talking about a thousand feet versus 500 feet. I know some of other folks out there with different technology might, might even fly lower than that. The increased scanner uh, power flying a little bit higher gave us a larger range window for kind of optimal pulse rate settings as well. So we were able to tweak and tailor um, our settings um, a little bit more than the 1LRs offered us. So uh, because of the higher target AGLs for the LiDAR side of things, we also upgraded our phase one oblique cameras, which are forward and rear facing, to keep the resolution of the obliques imagery on par with what our customers are used to from the class uh, 1.0. I also understand that you have two different INS GPS solution options for the LiDAR sensors. Why is that? Really, it's kind of return on investment. You know, we uh, on the 1LRs, um, we decided to go with uh, having one of them embedded with the APX20. Um, and really, the other offering for INS and IME solution was the Aplanix Pause 610. So the 610 feeds both scanners when it's in the kind of helicopter configuration. But as soon as that thing isn't needed on a helicopter, we can easily take apart and remove one of the scanners and it's ready to go on a, on a UAS solution. And we need about 10 minutes to decouple that system and put it in a box and she's ready to go. So. Really, that was kind of the, the, the primary objective there was having that ability. Ryan, hardware is always fascinating to me, but ultimately it is what comes out of these sensors that provides value to the industry. Can you provide some insight on how the data is processed, maybe some typical timelines, or perhaps what some of the deliverables may be? 
Yeah, we, um, we're lucky to have a group of individuals in our Portland uh, office who primarily handle all of our uh, commercial and energy data uh, that comes through for us. We call them the bridge team. They essentially set in a unique position sort of between acquisition and production. And they can output uh, products in a matter of hours from when they receive the data in-house. So the most important thing we're concerned with is the initial you know, quality checks. Um, there are some steps we can do in the field, but uh, these, these folks have um, quite a bit of horsepower uh, setting an office location. So for the QC workflows, um, you know, the software, again, the infrastructure they've used have been honed over and over again over the years as they understand how valuable, you know, quick looking, what we term uh, this process truly is. I know some other firms promote sort of on-site data QC, but typically uh, almost every time we can beat turnaround times of remotely based QC with high caliber kind of office-based equipment and distributed uh, processing power. Um, they leverage both the Regal software suites and some proprietary software. So, you know, essentially we're just shipping data FedEx, um, you know, you know, kind of one day turnaround time. And, and if they receive the data at 930 in the morning, um, they can have a, a quick look report done sometimes in a matter, you know, by noon. So we're not kind of leaving anything hanging by mobilizing too quickly, especially from a corridor perspective, especially if we're being more and more efficient, you can get away quite quickly from, you know, from one place to the next. So that team is extremely important and can really continues to awe us uh, with how quick and how much data they can actually consume. So that QC process, um, it sounds like there's a couple things being addressed. Uh, One is to be able to turn around the collected data faster, but also it sounds like this is a proprietary process that allows you to expand or increase your overall collection and and turnaround capability. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't mention it, but certainly there's a a couple of products that we offer uh, to our customers. We deem it rapid reporting. So it's kind of a twofold win-win here where they're getting us feedback, but they're also getting that data ready to go up on the servers for production staff to take a look at some of the risk management and vegetation metrics that we're producing for our customers. Interesting. Do you, do you provide your clients any status information? Do they have any visibility into the collection program as it's happening? Yeah, they do. Um, there's a couple ways people can do that depending on the project specific needs. Uh, we have a, a an in-house program called Insight, which is sort of an online tool for our customers to go in and check daily updates on acquisition process uh, progress, but they also have data delivered through that platform as well. So it's a pretty exciting tool for us to use, not only in acquisition, but also from a customer-facing portal. Ryan, from your perspective, what's the future of corridor collection? Platforms, collection times, data needs, that sort of thing. Well, you know, we've had the ability to move from helicopter only for uh, vegetation management and corridor mapping to fixed wing and helicopter now. So that is a huge step up in efficiency and sort of cost savings if if customers don't need all the bells and whistles of a class system mounted on a helicopter. And that's all thanks to technology and the advancements uh, being made. So I don't see helicopters being replaced 100% uh, by fixed wing or UAS anytime soon for collecting you know, engineering level data. UAS certainly ha- is very viable in a lot more cases than it was, and will continue to enlarge its footprint for utility collections over the coming years. I think uh, everyone in the industry can, can probably see that coming, and that's really exciting. In addition to newer and better equipment evolving for asset management needs, we also focus on ways technology can help keep us out of the wire environment. A case in point being, like I spoke about, the, the ability of the VUX 240 versus the VUX 1LRs 
while having a similar footprint and weight, we can still get a little bit higher above the wire environment. Uh, the needs and timelines of the clients will continue to, to drive the innovation. We always must take into account data storage and physical assets in the office. More data isn't always the best option when we can meet goals with less. I've occasionally seen symptoms of more is always better value system when it comes to point density and resolution. When in the end, the lesser amount is actually more actionable when you consider the added time for handling these uh, growing dense data sets at every step in the processing chain. So how does Quantum plan to adapt to the evolution of the industry then and remain competitive in this segment moving forward? There's a lot of players in this space. Uh, What's Quantum's secret sauce to to stay ahead of the competition? I kind of mentioned it before, but I think the biggest thing is is staying in tune with what our customers are needing and and talking with them and, and keeping tabs on these important relationships while at the same time keeping focused on the advancing technology uh, training emphasis on our human capital uh, continue again kind of internally and externally communicating and working towards continuous improvement these are the kind of fundamental things that i see are going to be the most important in the years to come as a manufacturer i always have to ask how do we enable quantums to remain competitive what is it about our own development initiatives that help quantum more successful. Yeah, we've been really, you know, we've been really lucky to kind of have Regal as as a kind of a trusted vendor and partner, Uh, you know, keep pushing new developments as you guys have been doing with sensor technology, along with sensor support and troubleshooting. Um, 1560i series for fixed wing veg management and T-lines and pipeline monitoring, that was a huge swing in productivity and allowing us a really great sensor technology and platform to kind of push the limits of what we could normally do in a fixed wing. The VUC series for transmission lines and and pipeline work that we do in Alaska has been very important. So really building on what you guys have been doing at the same time, you know, staying in contact. I think these are, these are big things. Well, when I look at our product portfolio, it has clearly expanded significantly in recent years. And that is primarily because of the changing needs of the industry. It's pushed us down a path of application specific designs to maximize data value. Uh, within different geospatial market verticals. The power line and, and corridor industry is no exception to this. In fact, Quantum's been invaluable in providing field experience feedback to help us optimize our products further. Quantum has a long history of doing uniquely interesting surveys and campaigns. You're heavily involved with the USGS and three dot topographic collection programs, and you've also been doing a lot of work in bathymetry lately. Are there any particularly interesting high-density applications that come to mind? Talking about topobathy, and, and I can't speak to it a whole lot because I don't want to steal their thunder, but our Corvallis Flight Ops team uh, this year of all years carried out one of the most impressive airborne collections uh, that I know in it exists for NOAA out east uh, on the East Coast, which spanned over 1,500 flight hours and countless hours uh, of coordination. And again, that was kind of all spearheaded by Scott Venables and Jared Ritchie in our, in our Corvallis branch for NV-5. We've uh, carried out uh, this year over 25,000 miles of transmission LIDAR work in California for one particular customer. 18,000 of those miles were collected during September and October of this year, which is uh, peak fire season. So, you know, these these challenges that we've just are getting past and these big projects that we're just kind of wrapping up this year, you know, those are the things that carry us into the into the winter months and then looking at continuous improvement. And for the next big things, we, we know they're looming, they're coming, and you know some exciting things uh, this year in Alaska as well. So I'm still kind of focused on 
looking back a little bit while kind of keeping an eye towards what's uh, down the pipe. But these are some of our biggest and most efficient collections. Uh, The fact that they all happened in 2020 is really just a feather in the cap of our, our field staff, our program, our flight operations safety teams, our chief pilots, our captains, all of our field staff and those that support the field staff and doing what they do so well. Um, you know, these are just sort of the the things that are bubbling up in my mind when when we're talking about our successes and some of the interesting and unique things. It was certainly a very interesting and unique uh, year for everyone, particularly for folks out actually in the field, their response and their commitment to what we value and getting our customers actionable information has really been uplifting. And it's something that, you know, something to be promoted for sure. Ryan, it has indeed been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time to share with us the details of Quantum's class system for corridor data collection. It really is an innovative configuration, maximizes target coverage and multi-sensor collection uh, in a single flight pass. We really look forward to hearing about your operational successes with the class system, and hopefully you can share some of your client feedback from your upcoming campaigns in a future episode of RyeCast. That would be great, Mike. I really appreciate uh, you reaching out and uh, look forward to uh, talking more in the future. Thanks, Ryan. Infrastructure mapping, whether it be power lines, oil and gas pipelines, transportation corridors, or industrial complexes have really benefited from the application of LiDAR technology for 3D mapping and management of these assets. In fact, LiDAR has become the de facto technology in many of these applications, further supported by imaging sensors and other information technologies for the complete visual and morphological characterization of man-made and natural objects. Moving the traditional inspection process from the field to the airborne and office environment has increased not only productivity, but as Ryan mentioned, also safety and information analysis quality. NV5 Geospatial, powered by Quantum Spatial, is clearly a pioneer and leading innovator in the corridor mapping space. I can't wait to hear what new innovations and sensor configurations Quantum Spatial might assemble in the coming years as remote sensor technologies evolve. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening in. Thank you again, Michael and Ryan, for sitting down with us today. The new class platform certainly sounds amazing, utilizing Regal's new VUX240. We look forward to your success. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our RyeCast anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Regal Ultimate LiDAR webinar series through our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions, so please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always, have an ultimate LiDAR day. And until next time, Miranda signing off.